It's fine. So, should I open it up for prayer? Should I pray? <laughs> All righty, we're going to get started. It's 7.37, all right? Look, man, I started. Shut up. Anyways, so before we start, let's get into some prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for this wonderful day and everybody that has came, whether they're returning or their new faces. Um, and I just ask that you bless this message and that you, that I am your vessel, that you, like I allow you to speak through me and that you touch every single person in this room in their own different sort of way. And this resonates with them for the rest of the day, week, month, however long you need it to. So Lord, with that being said, let's have a great message and just have your spirit upon us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. So we have a lead scripture. Who's willing to read it? All righty. Luke chapter 17, verse 33. Yeah, they're late, man. Yep. Just 33. Yeah. If you guys need to, we can get a table. There's also like foot rest. Okay. There's also room in between like Vaughn and Logan. Yeah, you can squeeze three of us. Huh? Yeah. Super yeah. We're not squeezing. Yeah, mate. Come on. Go. Go take ownership, man. Don't be shy. Luke 1733. All righty, let's focus up again. Keegan? If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. And if you let go of your life, you'll save it. Okay, so today's topic is letting go. Last week we did fear of commitment, and then we like walked through it. We had all that different type of stuff. And now it's fear of letting go. Okay, I, I need two people to read some passages of scripture. All right, Mark chapter 1, 16 through 20. I Matthew 9, 9. Well, that's it right now. Okay. Yeah, like a couple, one, two. That's my bad. Now you're good. You got it. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Alrighty. So, as we can see right here, we got some dudes fishing, and we got a tax collector. For those of you that do not know, tax collectors had some money. They were some, and they were also viewed poorly, okay? 
because they were tax collectors, you know, terrible thing. Anyways, we all live a life and we all have something that we are attached to. But Cade, read your verse again. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, we saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting men into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and only can become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So what did they do after Jesus called them to follow him? They didn't just... They dropped everything. Yeah. But there's one key word. They dropped everything immediately. They weren't like, okay, let me finish this up a little bit. Let me help fill the boat. Let me help drop these nets. Then we'll be on our way. It was, shoot, you called me to go? Let's go. And just like that, they went. So we all live a life where whether we're called to leave our money, leave our wealth, leave our families, leave our work, leave whatever situation we're in. If it's to follow Jesus, then it's worth it. Now, obviously, okay, so I don't know if you've experienced this. I know I have. There's something I want to do. There's a little voice, a little nudge, something that has called me out of something to go somewhere else. Now, in order to do that, we have to let something go. We have to let go of the old and step into the new. But also, that is a lot easier said than done. And I know that because I've experienced it. And I'm sure you guys have too. We can't pick what family we're born in. A family of wealth, growing up without a dad, divorced parents, anything of that nature. Maybe you were adopted. Everything, things like that, Eventually, we are going to leave our families. I know I am going to leave my family in approximately three, four months. And I will be living 12 hours away. Now, some of you, it might be a 30-minute drive. Maybe you're not even going to college. But what I want to happen right now is the preparation because I also want you to realize these guys didn't think about it. When Jesus said, follow me, they dropped their nets. They weren't like, I'll get back to you within a week's time. So if God's calling you out of a situation and you are actually, okay, obviously there's some doubt that can set in. Is God actually calling me to do this? Or is that just my inner voice? What is it? Is it the devil trying to lie to me? That's where faith comes in. That's when you have to remain biblically sound so that we know the truth. We talked about it last week, commitment, and then going through and being rooted to something. Like that tree, we all have ties. 
And we got to learn the word to be rooted in him. So that also ties back to this. We got to know the word to know what he wants from us. Another thing is what we've done. Whether it's sinning, living a life that God doesn't want us to live, or something that used to and probably still kind of does define me is, hello, my name's Cameron Zimmerman, and I play sports. I have now had two of my favorite sports end, and I've had to let it go. And it has been so freaking hard. Well, one has been so freaking hard. The other one, there's a little emotional damage, and we're not going to get into that. Anyways, but I've had to let it go. But that's something, whatever ties us down, whether it's a sport, whether it's our family, something we've done, we find identity in that. We think that's who we are. We think we're defined by relationships. But that's not the case. Jesus set us free. So number one, we need to be thankful because we wouldn't be living this life that we are living now without Jesus taking those actions. Now I want, I need somebody to read a verse, well, two verses. Romans chapter eight, verse one and two. Now, when we talk about identity, it's easy to get caught up in our sport. It's easy to be caught up in our wrecked relationships or even great relationships. But with that, that is just Satan blinding us. Okay, so Dakota, read yours. So now there is no commendation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now I want to make this clear. You are not what happened to you. We give those examples of what we're tied to. But you are not what happened to you. Some of us, we don't step out into faith because I don't come from a faith family. I'm the only one that even considers praying. Everybody else is atheist or agnostic. I can't do that. But read that scripture again, Dakota. So now there is no commendation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, hopefully, that sunk in a little bit deeper than the first time he read that. We belong to him. He's had the power and he set us free. So why are we still bound? Why are we still holding on to something? And also, that's a choice. We have the choice to follow Jesus. We have a choice to be bound to our money and our nets. 
But we have that choice. He's given us the power. He's given us the freedom through what he has done for us. So when we go about our identity, when we think about who am I? You are a person that has every right, who has been given the power, who has been set free, so that what has happened to you, what you've done, doesn't define what you are going to be and what you are going to do. Now I need another reader for another verse of scripture. I got you. John chapter one, verse 12. Read that again, a little bit louder and a little more authority. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So he gave us the right, he gave us the option, we can be children of God. But when we talk about our identity, when we talk about all that different type of stuff, have you forgotten that you are a child of God? Have you forgotten that? There's a song that Cain sings, and I don't know what it's called, but it's, on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Every day, we are a child of God. And even though the devil may blind us into thinking our identity is different, Remember that Jesus saw you. He knew where you were going to be. He knew you were going to give in to that sin. He knew where you were going to be at your lowest moments and at your highest of highs. Whether you're on the mountain or the valley. He's like, I don't care if that dude's in the valley digging a hole. I'm still going to die for him. I'm still going to love him. He's welcome in my presence anytime. And I just think that's so powerful because we're so clouded from what we've done defines us. But it doesn't. I also want to put emphasis on something. He called us children, okay, immediate. I don't know how your parents are, but when I get home, my parents ask me, how was school? How was practice? How's your overall day? They ask me something like that in some sort of way. Now, the thing is, with that, even though it might be a little routine, they still kind of care about me. I don't know if you can say that with your parents because I know everybody has a different situation. But he calls us his children. He doesn't call us our, the cousin that he hopes is going to be there at the family gathering because it'll be a lot more fun. <clears throat> but he calls us his child. 
He's not our father. He is our father. So I need somebody to read another verse of scripture. Matthew 7, 11. Read that again. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So when I talk about he's not your father, he is your father. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've got a pretty good dad. He's tried his best. He fails quite often. But I do too. I'm not a perfect son. I suck, man. Anyways, imagine everything that he has done for you with the good intentions. Sometimes you may be like, that was the worst thing you've ever done. You are so annoying. Why are you even here? But think about the intentions that backed that. Or think about all the great times that he's actually like giving you some type of gift. And you're like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. Now think about all the gifts God has given you. The most precious one being Jesus's life. And think about what he can do to the people that ask him. It's quite simple, really. I mean, he knows our heart. He knows our desires. He knows where we're going to be. The dude's writing the book. We don't have to be worried where the script's going to take us. He's got it all set in stone. So I want to encourage you. Anytime you're feeling alone, anytime you're feeling afraid, or anytime you're wondering where to go, ask. God, what's the next step? And his answer may not be anything at all. His answer may be, you'll see. Then he'll be like, God, what the heck, man? I just want to know. You already know. Now relay it back to me. <coughs> but just ask. Nick, you need a chair? Okay. okay. And I just think that is something powerful, that he calls us his child. That he is willing to give us gifts we can't even imagine. Okay, now I need somebody else to read scripture. All right. John 15, 15. Yep. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. 
Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. Read that again. A little more enthusiastically. A little more passion, man. I no longer call you slaves, because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now, my friend, now I call you my friend, since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You're his buddy, man. You're his best friend. I want you to think about something. Have any of you had a friend that you haven't seen for a long time? Maybe you go on a trip or something, and then you reunite with them? How do you feel? Or maybe a relationship. Maybe parents go away, maybe family you haven't seen. I just want you to think of that interaction. Can anybody give me kind of an example of like a time when they were super excited to see somebody? One example, quick. All right, yep, do it. Okay. Now, Jesus loves us so much that he doesn't get sick of us when we spend time with him. I spend a lot of time with Josiah, and he gets on my nerves quite frequently, okay? But imagine you not talking to that friend and going through all that different type of stuff and then reuniting with them. Now imagine Jesus, when you haven't prayed, you haven't gotten in your word, you haven't worshiped for weeks, days, whatever it may be. He's not gonna be like, oh, so now he show up. It's been three weeks, man. It's about time you come. No, he's gonna be, oh my gosh. Come on in. I love you, man. So I want this to help with your identity. That you are a buddy. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. And that is just freaking awesome. Now, I also, somebody, anybody name me one famous person. Quick, right off the top of your head. Who? Okay. So we got Ryan Reynolds. Do you think that that dude, when he's hanging out with a group of friends, when he's going to pay for dinner, when he's doing all this different type of stuff, living it up, do you think any of his friends are worried? Oh, you got the bill? I, can you pay for it? Are we going to have a good time? You think any of his friends are worried about that? Nah, that group is rolling with him and they're like, yeah, this dude, he's loaded and he knows how to have a good time. So if we can have a worldly relationship that is, that is to the extent of that, why can't we have that with Jesus? Why can't we have that? <coughs> Shoot, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds gets sick of his friends every now and then. But yet he's still willing to have a good time with them. So imagine somebody who isn't sick and tired of you. How much fun you're going to have. So when we talk about letting go, let go of all those thoughts. 
all those thoughts that are bounding you saying, maybe he doesn't want to spend time with me. Does he still claim me as his own? Am I still worthy? Now I need somebody to read some more scripture. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 and 15. Wait, 14 through 16. So we talk about this right here. Uh, we are called the light of the world. So why are we hiding? I mean, you actually think about that. You don't light a candle then cover it. Nah, you let the fragrance fill the room and you let that light flicker. We all have a light and we all have different aspects. But yet, we feel insignificant, or we feel ordinary, so it tricks us into thinking that we are unworthy, and that what we can contribute is unnecessary. Now this is going to be a little challenging, but I'm going to go and say it. This is Cameron Zimmerman, a dude with a mullet, a three-sport athlete, a dude that makes TikToks. But there was Cameron Zimmerman before Cameron Zimmerman. And what I mean by that is I grew up in a Christian household. Dad didn't really share his faith. I mean, he's... He was really, has been through a lot. And his, like, he was raised in a church where it was like, you should be more secluded about your faith and let the preacher do the work. And my mom would, like, drag us to church. And then when I would get there, I'd, like, scribble on the bulletin because I was bored or, like, I would fight sleeping, you know? But that was just the little insignificant Aaron kid, okay? I always had this faith, but it was my family's faith. It was never actually my faith. And so it was, yeah, I know that Jesus loves me. I know he died for me, John three sixteen. that's easy. But there's nothing else to that. And then, you have this kid who's not strong in his faith, who thought he was. Looking back, nah, I wouldn't even call that lukewarm. Who's now going into puberty that has now been entrusted with a device that has tons of websites nobody's proud of sharing. 
I lived a life. Now, I'm sure you know where this is going. But I also want to say, with people sharing testimonies, with people going about life, we talk about you're not what happened to you. Obviously, we can't forgive like God forgives. Like we just have attachments. But if anybody does this and you think any different of who they are, maybe you should check your heart. So here I was, tons of websites filled with porn, okay? I would say, and no, oh no, we can't talk about that in church. That's not a good topic. But it's the truth. And you're never going to get healing if you don't put that on the top of the hill. If you don't let that light shine. If you don't let light shine on that. You can never f- truly actually get free. And so here I was until actually COVID. Like there are times where I was like, oh my gosh, I love Jesus. And it was a feeling. The feeling would disappear. I'd fall back. Simple as that. Until COVID hit and then that built the camera that you see today. But prior to that, I never wanted to share this testimony because it's common. You know, I was justifying my sin. Everybody my age does it. So I'm fine. And this just led to deeper, darker things. I felt that it was insignificant and that it was unnecessary because it seemed everybody went through it. Mine isn't an amazing testimony. I was hooked on drugs. I was clinging to my life as I had a needle in my arm. And then I saw God and then he just pulled me out. And we had this amazing thing. I was at the bottom of a bottle for years on end. I wasn't raised in a Christian household. And then everybody was like atheist. Everybody hated me. And then I just stepped into my purpose. No, it's nothing phenomenal like that. Like the stuff we tend to highlight. And that's why I would never share it. Because there's no point to it. Why would anybody want to hear my side when they have something great to look up to like that? I also felt I've been in an unworthy position. I didn't feel like I had the authority to go and tell anybody about my Jesus. And because of that, nothing ever helped. Nothing ever changed. But there's so much freedom when we actually open up and we say stuff like that. And I don't want to force you, like, to do it. Obviously, you have to come to terms and actually accept who you are and who you were. So once you come to terms with that, it'll be a lot easier in that area. But that's who I was. And so I need somebody to read a scripture. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 21. 
And so I always didn't share my testimony because I didn't think anybody would want to hear it. But since, yes, 21. But since then, I've had a ton of people come up and say, I realized we all have a testimony. And yes, we can all relate to something in some aspect, but it's different for every single one of us. So when we talk about that light being shown, light up your darkest areas. And that's like an invitation for other people to do the same. Now, Nick, read yours. All right. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. See, okay. Also, that right there. We talk about sin, but it says put away. Not pray to God and ask that he takes it away. That's what a lot of us get confused with is we're like, I hate the sin. God, take it away. You have those desires, but you have to choose to change. I also need somebody to read another scripture. Colossians 32. Uh, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Pretty self-explanatory. Okay, so we, so going back to that verse, we have to choose to change, and we were given the authority that we can make that change. And then, with that verse that Josiah just read, it's time to let it go and see where God takes you. If I would have held on to that kid prior to COVID, I wouldn't be here right now. Guarantee you. And I would still be living that life. But after I came to terms with who I am and actually took all the weight, we're called to give our burdens. And therefore, that's what I did. And now we're here today. And another thing with sin, I thought it was normal, so I convinced myself that it was a common thing. I convinced myself that it wasn't that bad, and I tried to make up for it. But I need a volunteer right now. Preferably somebody smaller. Okay, okay, anybody. Chloe, come on. Yours, my friend. Hold on to it. Now. Hold on to it. Now I got you, man. 
Now, what he's going to do, he's just going to take a little link that we can convince ourselves isn't that bad. And he lets us build it on our own. So that eventually, we have to deal with it. And if we never claim it, now we're tied and we don't have freedom. Thank you, Paul. I want you to remember that. <laughs> that you, so we have the chance to choose to make a change. You don't have to build your chain. You don't have to keep continuing to put those links together. The devil makes it appetizing, but you also got to know the truth about who you are and the authority you have through this living word so that you know and you're aware that you can change and what you can step into. And so we talk about sins, and I know we're running. Yeah, okay. I'll try to wrap it up in the next five minutes. Um, sins that are normalized. The three I thought of was porn. Now it feels like doesn't have to be awkward. Okay, it's a bad word in church. but it's about transparency to see transformation. So porn, drinking, drugs. Some of us know somebody or are somebody who has been driven by drinking. That's not who you are, but yet we convince ourselves, shoot, I don't even want to drink, but my buddies are going to be there. They're going to be at the bar. Let's just go have a couple. We'll be fine. Tell you they're at closing time. We'll have another couple drinks. Oh, just one hit? All right, let me. Ooh, that kind of gave me a little buzz. Let me pass that, pass that joint back over here. All right. You have the opportunity to turn that away. And you have the authority to turn that away. But it's when you give it in and you don't take it to the degree of like seriousness that it is. That's when you're lost and you've already lost the battle. A battle that you were never meant to be fighting. A battle that has already been won for you. Man. You know what? I just want you guys to remember who you are in Christ, the power you have been given, the authority you have over Satan. And that you do not have to build your own chain. I'm sure you've experienced what happens. Nobody ever looks back after they drink. After they hook up with their sneaky link. After they have that outrageous party. Never, nobody ever looks back and says, 
That was phenomenal. Let's go do it again. Because I also want you to think about, we know that it's wicked. We know that it goes against us. We know that it goes against God. But yet we still do it because we have those fleshly desires. But if it was truly good, and we're convincing ourselves it's not that bad, why don't you post it? Think about your mom. She created you. She loves you. She thinks you're the best thing in the world. She'll post you all over Facebook. So why aren't you dropping the links to your porn websites? Why aren't you sharing on your stories that you're passing around weed? Because you're not proud of it. You truly are not proud of it. And it's a disgusting thing. But you have to realize that and call it for what it is. And that right there kind of wraps up for today. I just want you guys to know who you are and that you have authority. Let it go. Anybody want to close us in prayer? Does anybody want to close in prayer? I just asked that. Why not? But they were clapping to me. I don't know if they heard you. Anyone? Well, how much time do we have? Probably just a minute. I can pray. Lord, thank you for this time together this morning. I know that a lot of people have to wake up a lot earlier than they usually do to get here on time while everyone else is sleeping in. So I pray that you uh, bless our hearts, bless our days because of the time that we spend with you and give us the peace that we need, Lord. Uh, Thank you for Cam and Cam's testimony. I pray that it touched all of our hearts in different ways and that we can use the lessons that we learned from it to become better people and closer closer to Christ each day. I pray for the rest of this day that everyone, every person draws closer to you and shows who you are, shows your love. It's all for you. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If anyone does have prayer requests, you can just like send it to the group chat if you want. We can pray for you.